on this episode of Why Watch That. You know I love sneaking around. You know I love sneaking around. You know I love sneaking. Uh, I love Dolly Parton. And Midsummer, which I didn't, you know, Midsummer is a whole other. It is. We were not talking about that. And the innkeeper's like, I can't serve that little, you know, beep. And he calls his hat something. I'm sorry. It was terrible, but I had to laugh. Oh my. Well, sometimes you got to laugh at the terrible, right? It was. Anyway. He was like, I'm not talking to you about how I got into anything. You know, Mm -hmm. watch my work. Elsa admonishes him. Says, hey, you know, don't criticize my daughter. And that he better not smoke in her house. <laughs> happening? His wife, Tony. Mm-hmm. Tony! It was Teddy. Uh, Teddy, Teddy and Tony. Teddy and Tony. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why I Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. You know, Critic, I got mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh-oh. in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. A why watch that sneak peek? We're sneaking. Oh, we're sneaking. <laughs> sneaking around with you. Oh. Um, that is from the uh, best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> Movie version. Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. Sneaking around oh. with you. Do what lovers do. You know I love sneaking around. You know I love sneaking around. You know I love sneaking. <laughs> I love Dolly Parton. Oh, that was such a good... I like I like the best little whorehouse in Texas. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No. Listeners, we are talking about a TV sneak peek and two movie sneak peeks. So we're dishing the biz. You're going to hear it first. We're going to tell you how you can watch these things and what may appeal to you if you like this or that. So let's first start with a TV sneak peek on Prime video coming to us from oh my gosh one of our favorite directors Barry Jenkins we're talking about the Underground Railroad which premieres Friday May 14th oh 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 this is a limited series um thank god I mean and the thing about it is we did recently have a TV series dealing with the Underground Railroad and it was called Underground yeah. So we had two seasons of that. In fact, 
that first season was stunning. I just I mm. enjoyed the first season yes. of Underground, and then the second season, um, you know, mm-hmm. it widened out, and I, I couldn't quite keep up. But this is just one and done. Yep. Boom. That is it. It comes to us, like I said, from Barry Jenkins. We love Barry Jenkins. Uh, Academy Award winning Barry Jenkins. Yes. He, you know, dipped in writing here and there with the teleplay there. And um, another, you know, slew of writers also on his team. The cast, maybe not as recognizable, except for, of course, Joel Edgerton. Mm -hmm. Um, He is not a slave in this, if you know what Joel looks like. Um, He is not that. He's playing something that you will talk about. But the cast um, that I'm referring to is um, we know that Aaron Pierre is starring in this. Chase Dillon is starring in this. Um, Tuso Mbedu is starring in this. Among other people. I mean, we have you know, one of your favorite, Will Jackson Harper Mm -hmm. showing up at some point and you're like oh wait who is that you know the good place will um will yeah and, and patterson and Remember? patterson i was going to yeah. say yes and patterson and midsummer which i didn't you know midsummer is a whole other it is we were not talking about that so yeah he he's definitely you know showing up and along with peter mullen <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of people who pop in and out mm-hmm. Peter Mullen is always, I just, I don't, I, I, he's another person you kind of want to cross the street um, a little bit. But anyway, with that being said, Barry Jenkins, this is huge. Now, think of it, think of it, think of it. Amazon Prime got Barry Jenkins and Steve McQueen mm. to be on their platform. Is this something we're running to see? We already have Prime. Do we binge through this? Now, we know that the Underground Railroad is going to allude to, obviously, slaves. And that's always or normally a hard watch. So walk us through this. What can we expect? A hard watch. Um, Now, this is based on, I think it won the Pulitzer. Yeah. The novel of the same name by Colson Whitehead, which is on my list to read, you know. You'll read it. It's so long, that list. Um, So I haven't read it yet. Um, But I did make it to the fourth episode of this show. So what we have is at the center, Cora and Caesar. Cora played by Tussauds and Caesar played by Aaron. And Caesar comes to her and says, it's time to run. Oh, you know what that means. That's right. So it is an alternate timeline. So we are in the 1800s. There is slavery in the South and so on, but things aren't quite the same. Now, Cora's like, um, what? Is she going to follow him? Now, her mama is gone. Left her. Okay. So there's something going on with, you know, escaping slavery. How could a mother leave her child behind? Now, on this plantation that they're on, there are two masters, one of whom is more laissez-faire than the other. They're brothers, and the one who's a little more permissive has the North Plantation. The other one has the South. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine what's going to happen. That'll necessitate Cora saying, okay, Caesar, let's go. All right. Mm. And how do they work their way up north? 
Well, it's called the Underground Railroad. But what does that mean? I won't tell you. Okay. okay. Is it what you expect? I don't know. No, you said this is an alternate mm -hmm. timeline. So it's alternate history. So things aren't exactly the same. Okay. Okay, so I won't give it away because it's better to discover that if you haven't read the book Got and it. all of that. Better okay. to see what it actually all means. So what happens is they're going through the Underground Railroad. How is it depicted? And at different locations, essentially what this show explores is different historical atrocities for Black people, not just from slavery. Okay. Like experimenting on Black people medically and so on. Okay. Now, hot on their trail are two slave catchers, one of whom is played by Joel. And Joel has a, an assistant who is a little black kid with a hat. Okay, I'm just going to say that. And if you yes. watch this, you'll know the import of what I just said. Because there's a scene when they enter into like some saloon. I don't even know what you would call it. And the innkeeper's like, I can't serve that little, you know. Beep. <laughs> and he calls his hat something. I'm sorry. It was terrible, but I had to laugh. It just, oh, my. Well, I sometimes just, you got to laugh at the terrible. Yes, right? it was Anyway, and so, you know, Joel's character, Ridgeway, doesn't treat him as an unequal. They are equals. They are together catching slaves. Okay? This little kid. Don't, if you see him coming and you're a slave, run. Uh-oh. Okay? How do they track them? Is it possible? And they want to know. Ridgeway wants to know, what is this Underground Railroad I'm hearing about? Where is it? How do you get to it? What is going on? Mm. No one can seem to tell him. Here's what I have to say as a review. Okay. If you're going to do a slave story, let's think of the successful ones. Even Underground, the first season you said, Ref. Let's think about 12 Years a Slave. You know, yeah. let's think yeah. about uh, Roots. Why not pull that in? The thing is... It is not slavery that we're watching and concerned about. It is the people, the characters who are slaves that we care about. In Roots, we see him in Africa. He's free. Then he's yeah. snatched. In 12 Years a Slave, he's free in the North. They come and get him, smuggle the man down to the South. And Gloria, they're fighting for their freedom. And underground, we see this relationship. Mom, daughter. Yep. The sun is there. The mass is involved. All of that before they run. Watching the Underground Railroad, it was just to me, okay, these are some slaves. Oy. That's how it felt. These are some slaves. And they're dealing with certain parts of history, but I know this history. I don't need to see it. So what's the hook? I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Now, some of the diction here now, you know, Ref, you're normally the one that goes, I didn't know what they were saying. And I go, oh, it was fine. I'm sorry, Tuso, wonderful acting. Half of what she was saying, I didn't know what it was. Mm. Now, she's a South African actress doing Southern. It, it is Southern, but you still have to enunciate. I, I would have to have subtitles for some of that. I'm sorry. Anyway, Barry Jenkins directed every episode. Mm. Every single one. The execution is beautiful. It's Barry Jenkins. Yes. 
it looks beautiful. They start with the scene. They're like falling in the sky. You're like, what is happening? The the whole colors are kind of like sanded down and like it's this warm kind of sunlight coming in. Like beautifully done. Yeah. But is it worth it? The world needs to be more clear. I didn't read the book. It's like, mm. it's like if you read the book, you'd probably get it. Okay. I don't know these people. I, okay. I was just waiting for it to take off. I wanted it to soar. It didn't. Now, if we go to some recent entries, the good Lord bird, right? On Showtime. Yeah. I would say this is a little more intriguing. But what I was really thinking about is the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Similar level of execution overall. Where the Handmaid's Tale, though, like the first season was good. Then you keep watching like, okay, can can we move forward? That's how I felt here. Can we like move forward? Why am I wallowing in all of this torture? Mm. I already said what I had to say about 12 Years a Slave. That was clear. We are all rooting for Chewetel. Like that is just oh, yeah. done. So that's what I had to say about the Underground Railroad. If you've read the book, I would say check it out just so you can see Barry Jenkins' vision of that. If you haven't, if you're in the mood, it's right there on Prime Video. Yeah, it's right there free for you if you are a Prime member. Now let's move on to the movies. Georgetown. Uh, You saw this way back before COVID. (laughs) Look, I'm glad I took notes on this one. Let me tell you something. Oh my gosh. Georgetown, you saw this in 2019 at the Mm. Tribeca Film Festival. And it's finally getting its theatrical release along, you know, with availability on digital and on demand. So on the 14th, it's available on theaters. And then after that, a couple days, you can fish around and find it digitally if you want to explore that avenue. Now, this is Christopher Waltz. (laughs) Christopher Waltz directing this. You know, Christopher, when you think of him, you think, Oh, he's an actor, right? Like, yes. I don't. Is he a director? Well, we have talked about recently on the show a lot of actors moving into directing. Mm-hmm. Is he a director? And, Interesting question. Well, you know, he is an artiste. I don't know if you yes, ever. He, he refuses. <laughs> I love his interviews because people are like, "Oh, how did you get into the character?" And he was like, "That's my work." <laughs> he was like, "I'm not talking to you about." how I got into anything, you know, Mm -hmm. watch my work. Yeah. So he definitely is um, an artiste, shall we say. Um, But, you know, not only is he directing, he's also starring. And of course you're going to make that happen, but it's written by David Auburn. um, And the cast alone is just worth giving it a shot. Vanessa Redgrave, uh, Redgrave, Annette Bening, Corey Hawkins, who's been doing some lovely, lovely work, um, along with a lot of other actors and actresses that you will recognize. Um, some of them being, you know, American. Some of them are just from across the pond. Mm. And honestly, the reviews aren't that great. Mm. So, mm-hmm. what you got to say, brother? <laughs> brother. <laughs> um, okay, now look, at the beginning of Georgetown, we're told that while this film cannot claim to tell the truth, it is based on actual events. Okay. 
And then we're introduced to Ulrich Mott, played by Kristoff. And he's a man who's, he's dressed in some sort of military uniform. He's overseeing some sort of military exercise. Why? I mean, what does that mean? Then we see Ulrich at a dinner party in an expensive home in DC's Georgetown neighborhood. And he's serving some very important guests who work for the government in several capacities. So you think, well, wait a minute, is he some sort of waiter? <laughs> what is going on? Well, no, no, because these guests are talking about him as he serves them. And they each state how important he is as a man with various connections and talents. But they don't seem so clear on exactly who he is. Hmm. And then he seats his guests for dinner. But as he does so, a woman who seems quite annoyed enters the house. And then she's going upstairs to the bedrooms. Ulrich rushes past her and says, hey, he has to wake up. Who we come to find out is his wife, Elsa Brecht, a journalist who lives off of her first husband's pension and who's played by Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, boy. There that is. So he enters the bedroom leaving the woman who we discover is Elsa's daughter, Amanda, standing outside. And then after that, the dinner proceeds with Elsa and Amanda in attendance. As Ulrich, he's just rushing around, attending to the guests, but he's meticulous about hiding all of his efforts. So we see him rushing, they don't. Mm -hmm. However, none of this impresses Amanda, who's a Harvard law professor and who's played by Annette Benning. Of course she is. And so before the main course is finished, Amanda heads for the door with her mother following behind her. They have a little argument about Ulrich. Amanda does not trust him. Of course not. I mean, Elsa is 91. And Mm -hmm. Ulrich is, well, he ain't 91. Okay, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. And Amanda leaves, but she's sure to let Elsa know that she'll help her get away from Ulrich whenever she's ready. She'll even leave Harvard. If, if that's what is required. All right. Okay. All right. So the party com- is is over. Ulrich prepares to have a smoke and, you know, he badmouths Amanda. Elsa admonishes him, says, hey, you know, don't criticize my daughter. And that he better not smoke in her house. <laughs> so, then, you know, that this is not a lovey-dovey relationship. Now, this prompts Ulrich to leave the house and go for a walk, and he's wearing his uniform again, and it's just as curious as it was before. And then while he's out, something alarming happens. The paramedics arrive at his and Elsa's home because Elsa has died. Oy vey. And not too long after that, in a conversation with Amanda, Ulrich vows to find the person responsible. But Amanda already knows who did it. She knows that the culprit is Ulrich. And that's how Georgetown launches into how Ulrich became who he became by going back to when, no, pause for this, when he was a 50-year-old intern for a congressman. Yeah, look, Raph, yes. What is happening? You heard it right. (laughs) Uh, Look, and then it moves forward from how he met with Elsa, who after tiring of him, helped him become a would-be diplomat. Two, how he then inserted himself into the Iraq war of all things, culminating in just what or who caused Elsa's death. But I do have to say, as I was watching this, I just couldn't find its hook. I I wasn't exactly sure of why I was watching what I was watching or what its import was. 
outside of it being a curious story about a strange, untrustworthy, and desperate man. I just couldn't quite grasp it, which might have been because it wasn't clear which genre Georgetown was attempting to fit. I mean, is it a thriller? Because if it's so, it fails spectacularly on that count. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's clear who killed Elsa from the start. And so there's no suspense. Doesn't matter what the music's doing. Maybe it's some sort of black comedy instead. But if that's the goal, it was an odd one because it takes about an hour for it to have anything funny. Plus, the comedic moments aren't enough for them to matter anyway. I mean, the tone is just too muddled and dark for this film to click in the humor department. So the experience of watching Georgetown is a confusing one. And while I'm sure that Christoph Waltz, he's credited as C. Waltz, by the way, I'm sure... The idea of where he wanted to take his audience in his feature film directorial debut, but the execution falls short. He should have just made this a flat out comedy. That would have been better. Uh, After all, its best moments are when it goes for laughs, especially when it reveals the true nature of Ulcer's and Elsa's relationship. Unfortunately, though, most of its scenes are underplayed and naturalistic, which conjures an atmosphere that's unnecessarily dour. And so despite Kristoff's expert cast, Vanessa Redgrave, Annette Bening, him, Corey Hawkins, like you said, the narrative doesn't take off. The result is the kind of film, it's this kind of film. It's the kind of film that only a talented yet misguided person can make, an unsuccessful and confused film that's made with care. Uh, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is, um, you figure out how to watch that if you want to do that. Now, let's end this with one more sneak peek. And this is coming to us from Neon, who is sort of, you know, they are like the edgier A24. Mm -hmm. You know, Neon and A24, but A24 kind of lands more than Neon. Neon Mm -hmm. is like, oh, this is crazy and strange. And oh my gosh, I don't understand. And then it, it also could be just... I don't want to understand. <laughs> so <laughs> Neon really does have an interesting taste, mm-hmm. but it is going to be released in theaters on the 14th as well as on demand. So you have a choice. This is coming to us from Robert um, McCoyan, and he wrote it. He directed it. He produced it. And by golly, you know, and um, this premiered at Sundance 2020. So this was the year that we were going to go, but didn't go. And thank God we didn't. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So mm -hmm. it was um, definitely, I think I bought a ticket to this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mm -hmm. And the cast, I'm going to do my best not to go on a rectify rant. Oh my goodness. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Clayne Crawford is, he looks like Ricky Schroeder. (laughs) They could play brothers. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with going on air and saying that. Mm -hmm. But um, he was in Rectify and his wife, Tony. Mm -hmm. Tony! It was Teddy. Uh, Teddy Teddy, and Tony. Teddy and Tony. (laughs) Um, And he just did spark. I mean, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Six little measly episodes per season. Little measly episodes. Oh, 
So good. Okay, Rectify is on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It originally was on. So this is a Sundance. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not. Okay, let me get off that tip. Chris Coy is also in this. Um, I, who is the wife? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Sepeda Moafi. Okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it didn't really list out. I'm, I'm like, I don't know who. Yeah. You know, everyone is along with other people. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it because the critics are licking this up. Oh, they love uh, it. They love it. And you sometimes you don't agree with critics. So at yeah. this time, you know, do you? Well, we'll find out, won't we? Are you licking it up? <laughs> <laughs> now, just so you know, Chris Coy, he was in The Deuce playing a completely different character. Now, okay. in this movie, we have David played by Clayne. And he's living with his father again. Because he and his wife, Nikki, played by Sepita, they're taking a break from their marriage. Oi. They have one, two, three, four children. Oh. Okay. A teenage daughter and three younger sons. And they're staying in the family home with Nikki. But how are the kids handling all of this? Hmm. They got a teenage daughter. Now, for David and Nikki, they, you know, they seem cordial, even regretful. They're working it through, you know. But they did allow each other to see other people during this. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's tough. Yeah, who acts on it? Oh, oh, they didn't both do it. Okay, all right. Both of them? Neither? Oh. Only one? Who really wants to save the marriage? Who isn't quite as invested? And then there's Derek, played by Chris. He takes an interest in Nikki. What's the outcome of that? That's all I can give you. Now, this is not- That's a crappy little plot, little slinky, strinky little plot. You would come and find me if I told you more. I'll put it that (laughs) way. You would come and find me. And I would say, stay far away from anybody who goes further. Far away if you want to watch this. Now, this is an in widescreen. Again, ref, we have the box. Okay, I'm a living in a box. Mm-hmm. I'm a living in a cardboard box. So it widens once in one particular scene for one particular reason. And I just caught it. I was like, wait a minute, the screen is wider. And then it goes right back. So what's happening is it's filmed in Utah. It's like winter time open spaces, all compressed. Yeah, this is a Sundance project. So Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you get the feeling that you're watching something that's not quite of this time, even though it is contemporary. The focus is on David throughout, where he goes, how he reacts to stuff, who he encounters. And as the film unfolds, you start to understand David's perspective quite well. But how does that relate to the title? I didn't say anything about killing and two lovers. I didn't say it. No, you didn't. From the beginning, you think you know quite clearly. I'm going to tell you that, what that is about. But by the end, that title takes on a completely different meaning. This is the kind of film that just, it just keeps you on the edge. Even when stuff seems okay, you're like, wait, is it? Is it? The contrast between what David seems to be prepared to do and who he is with his family so effective. I was invested. The runtime is brisk. Really, there's only one scene where I felt the tension ratchet down a bit, but that was on purpose. 
It was on purpose. Mm. Overall, this is urgent without being too urgent and surprising in a profound way. It is the best kind of indie movie. This is it. Okay. I'm still kind of shaking. Oh. From it. I just to, and you'll see. You'll see because it flips. Like it really flips. And you don't quite know what's gonna happen. That, that this is the best thing. Clayne Crawford is unrecognizable. He has a full-on beard. When he hops in that that <laughs> that truck, <laughs> when you see this opening, and then he's there with his father, because you think he's one kind of guy, and then he's there with his father, you're like, oh no. And the kids, how he relates to them, his wife. I'm, and what's going on with Chris Coy? I'm going to be quiet before I give stuff away. But I Don't would say everybody. Away. Yeah, I would say <laughs> however you want to see this, see it. So if you are an indie buff, you probably want to go to the theater. That's what you do anyway. If you're not, you're feeling adventurous or you'd rather just stay home. It works perfectly at home. Okay. You can like just let out all of your emotions at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you did? Uh, uh, yes. I almost had a moment you had at the end of Moonlight when you would. Oh, I mean, it was just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I think I. Did I squeeze your hand? I don't know. I no, can't no. Remember. You, just, you sat forward <laughs> and, and exhaled. <laughs> so that's the killing of two lovers. I really was thoroughly impressed by it thoroughly wow well there you have it one tv sneak peek two movie sneak peeks there's so much sneaking around going on here you never know what we're gonna sneak up and watch again thanks for listening for additional resources Visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.